0: The responsibility for their homes and as I'm getting into this I, I talked about this last week so this will be part two and uh, I don't know if there'll be a part three we'll see but I really felt compelled this week to continue on this because I'm concerned but I'm hopeful amen. I mean you can be concerned but hopeful at the same time amen I'm concerned of what's going on in the world right now I'm concerned about the attack on our kids I'm concerned about the family but I'm hopeful that God can do something in this place and in our world. Amen? The reason this kind of got my attention was this, this week I was studying and getting ready for today. And I saw this picture um, that I'm going to put up in just a moment. And that, by the way, if you didn't know that voice, that's David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson, if anybody's been saved very long, knows who he is. He was a mighty, mighty evangelist first who went to the streets of New York City and Brooklyn and Queens and the ghetto of New York and witnessed and led to the Lord a man named Nicky Cruz, who the movie came out later called The Cross and the Switchblade, and he was a violent gangster that ran the streets, and he he shared his love with him and he got saved. And then he ended up starting a church. His church is still going today. It's called the Times Square Church. And he became a prophetic voice in the world of preaching messages like that. Today he's preaching still. Thank God for technology. He's still preaching to us this morning. Amen. And so he's a pastor who had a heart uh, for people. And, and he would speak prophetic things. And as you listen to this, it's concerning because we see how uh, there, there is a lack today, in the, especially in the church, of families dealing with issues. Dealing with the matters that are important. Dealing with situations. And and we have too many people running amok and running crazy. and, And as that thing said, too many kids running the house. Amen. And we talked about last week how the men especially, first and foremost, need to stand up and be the men of the house. Be the leaders of the home. Amen. And so I want to show you a picture this morning. And welcome again those that are watching online uh, this is a man, I'm not, I'm not showing this to slander him or to make fun of him, but this came across my screen this week and, it, and it, 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 it put fear in me to understand that this is what happens to somebody when they don't have a godly influence in their life. This is a man, if you look at those scars and you look at the anger and you look at the, this is almost a monster that we're looking at. His name is Nico Jenkins and 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 I began to read a little bit about him and and he's 35 years old right here as he's getting sentenced to four life sentences and the death penalty. I forgot what state it's in, it doesn't really matter. But before he got sentenced to this, he was in prison for 10 years for murder, for carjacking and murder and was let out and he was supposed to be serving a 136-year sentence. How many know one of, the, one, of the, one of the problems we have today is our judicial system? Someone like that, should, if you're serving a 136-year sentence, you shouldn't get out after 10. But he's out, similar happened to this man in Wisconsin who bulldozed into a crowd of people, killed a bunch of people, and was out on $1,000 bail after running over his, his baby's mama. I don't even know if he killed her or not, but he's out on bail. But this man, I began to think about this, and the the thing I want you to really see is you look at this man who's just, you can tell that his life has been destroyed. And I began to think, as just a couple weeks ago, we we dedicated a couple of children here. How many know when we dedicate babies, we don't ever think that's what they're going to turn out like? We pray, Lord, keep them. Don't let them go to the left or the right. Lord, guard them. Let them preach the word of God. Let them serve you all the days of their life. No one ever says, you know what, Lord, one day I, 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 just, I, I think that my child is going to be a murderer. This man killed four people in 11 days after getting out of prison at 35 years old. And now he's, in, he's going to get the death penalty. I, I, I say that because we, we, we don't realize that that doesn't happen overnight. This happens because family matters are not taken care of. And with this message, it means family matters, and then also there's matters of the family. And I want to talk specifically to the teenagers and the young people, but I don't want to talk just to them. I want to talk to the adults as well, because we're all guilty of what I'm going to talk about this morning. And it's not too late. Can you say amen? Amen. Tell the person next to you it's not too late. Amen? Amen. But as I was looking at this, one of the things that really triggered in my heart and in my spirit is that I began to realize here that this man, as I began to try to read a little bit about his life, I couldn't get a whole lot of details on his parents except that they were heavily in drugs. And so you might say, okay, well, his parents didn't have a chance either, and then you go back to the parents of those parents. And help me know that today we're, we're here by the grace of God, and many of you had a lifestyle and a background that was messed up, and God saved you. And today you're breaking the curse off of what the devil had intended for your kids. That, that's why we preach messages like this, because we can break the curse. We can turn this thing around and pray that God, that that might be, that picture, that final ending. And how many know that we can pray for His salvation? He can get saved, amen? I visited a man and led a man to the Lord in Costa Rica that looked a lot like that. And he and, and was so violent that when they arrested him, it took they shut off ten city blocks. And he was chained to a bed when they arrested him. I, and he got saved. So God can save somebody. God can save anybody. But what I want you to visualize is this is the result and the ending the devil has planned for you. Teenagers, look at that picture. That's, what, that's, that's the end result God, the devil has planned for you. That's, and even worse. He wants you to go to hell. He wants you to spend eternity in hell without him. He wants to destroy you. Uh, Brian mentioned there in the verse, one, one verse we're going to pick up here in just a second, about how he's, he's seeking whom he can devour. But this man at trial says the reason he killed the people was because the spirit or the God, uh, Adophis, told him to do it. So he had a voice in his ears. And how many know that people hear voices all the time? And I want to tell you something, those voices are real voices, but they come from demonic spirits, demon powers, real demonic powers that are working in people's lives, but those demonic powers do not come into our lives by accident, they come into our lives through doors. And in the church, and I know this is Christmas time and it's December, but I'm trying to do this so you'll have a good Christmas. We've been dealing with some things because we want to have a a different Christmas maybe than we've had in the past. We want to have more peace in our home. We want to have more more authority in our home. And so this Apophis, sorry, not Adophis, uh, this Apophis told him to do it. And he was an ancient Egyptian deity that embodied chaos. And that was the reason he killed those people. The spirit of the enemy, the spirit of Antichrist, the demonic force of darkness speaking into him through an ancient serpent. Does that sound familiar? How did he get that voice? How did he hear that voice? Where, where, what went wrong? Where? Where, where did, where did the, the family structure die that at 15 years old he's carjacking a car and killing somebody? Where were the parents? Where was the family? Where was the church? You know what we do a lot of times? We say, that won't be me. That won't be my kid. That won't be my family. Nobody wakes up and says, this is what my kid's going to look like when he's 35 years old. But we can deal with some things t- today that can prevent. How many like prevention? How many like dealing with stuff before it happens? So I want you to look at some verses. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Brian was all over this with the Holy Spirit. He read it at the prayer time. And we remind you that we don't ever talk about what we're going to talk about. So I was smiling the first service when I heard him begin to talk about this verse. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, notice it does not say your friend, your adversary, the person who hates you, the person who wants to destroy you, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, not seeking whom he can scratch, Not seeking who he can bite the leg. What does that last word say? Seeking whom he will devour. Devour means destroy, annihilate, leave nothing left. That's the plan of the devil for you and your family this morning. How many realize that? That's the plan. And if we're sitting in here today at church on December 5th of 2021, it is only by God's grace that we're not in that prison cell. That we're not in hell. That our family's not destroyed and messed up. And I know th- stories in this church. We, we have a lot of families who've been through a lot of stuff. But the devil's not taking time off. He's, he's not going to go, hey, I'll just let them have December and I'll come back in January. Matter of fact, I believe this is the most dangerous time of the year as it, as it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's also the most dangerous. Because it's when we put our guards down. We get lazy, we, we stop doing what we're supposed to do, we start eating more and we start, and that, that, that part just happens. but how many would do that spiritually too? We start compromising. And the devil only needs a little crack in our lives. You give him a centimeter, he'll take an inch. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. He's coming in to destroy. He's not playing games. This is the devil's plan for every single family. I'm going to have your Bibles this morning. Let me see your Bibles. Lift up your Bibles. Amen. We've been encouraging people to bring your Bibles, mark in them, write in them, look at them, hold them in your hand, study them to show yourself approved. Let's look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, it's not a physical battle, it's against principalities, powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Church, this is a real spiritual battle. We're in spiritual warfare. How many know that closer we get to the return of Christ the more the devil's going to fight teenagers. I want you to look at me and faith, look at me. And you're you're gazing into the to the space like you're not looking at anything. Pay attention. How many know this is real? This is real. I take this very very seriously. It's not a joke. I don't want any of these things to happen to anybody. I don't want any of our teenagers or our young adults or our adults to stay behind in the ra- after the rapture and be here for the tribulation. We say these things because it seems innocent. It seem, little things that we do and little things that we deal with seem innocent. I want to tell you this morning that I asked several of my closest pastor friends, not Pastor Mario because he's here in this church, but several pastors outside of the church who are close to me, and I said, I'm going to be preaching on the family this morning. Tell me what the biggest door is for the, uh, for the, uh, 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 the, uh, the devil this morning in people's lives, especially teenagers, and all of them, without hesitation, immediately responded back and said, social media. All of them. All of them. We have a dilemma. We have a problem called a social dilemma. If you haven't seen that on Netflix, I advise you watch it. How many have seen the social dilemma on Netflix? Let me see your hands. Okay, now you have not seen it. Raise your hands. Please go watch it. Please go watch it. it, will, it, will, it you need to watch it. Because it's going to show you what the plan is for social media. We're so, we're so ignorant sometimes. We're so uh, simple sometimes. We, we, we think, that will never happen to me. Facebook and Instagram and all these social media things. This the social delimit's on Netflix, by the way, so it's free if you don't have Netflix. I'm sure you can find it some way or ask somebody to borrow their account or something to watch it. But these are men who are in Facebook, Instagram, and others, and they quit their jobs. Google, they quit their jobs, and they're talking about how these things function and how they control the public with this social media. People who used to work there. It's a real device and all these pastors said the same thing so we're not we're not dealing with with just some small little thing but here's here's the problem what we look at is the key Matthew chapter 6 watch what Jesus said is the key what we look at is the key because our eyes are a door says the lamp of the body is the what the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. It doesn't mean good in the sense of 20 20 vision or physically, it means good in the sense of what you're looking at. Your flesh wants to look at things that are carnal, your flesh wants to look at things that are violent, your flesh wants to look at things that are sexual, your flesh wants to do all kinds of things, and you have to guard what your eyes look at. And you don't think, don't, don't think for a second, and, I'm, and, I, and I just told you for a fact, that they're putting things in front of your eyes to entice you, to seduce you, to cause you to look at something else, to cause you to hit another page, to cause you to do other things. He says, the lamp of the body is the eye, therefore if your body, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Watch what 23 says. But, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? People don't get up in the morning and go kill four people in 11 days just because they're bored. And this man actually admitted, I did this because the spirit of Apophis told me to. Voices all the time. Where do the voices start coming from? From doors that we open up. Now I'm talking to this really strongly to the teenagers, but I'm also talking this to the parents. But I'm also talking to parents who you need to watch what you're watching too. Well, I'm growing up and I can do what I want. And, yeah, you can. You can do anything you want. But the devil's after you. Church, do you guys realize that the the, the devil is not attacking the world? You know why the devil's not attacking the world? You know why the devil's not deceiving the world? You know why the devil's not going after the world? Does anybody know why? Because he already has them. The devil's not going to go try to tie up somebody he already has tied up. The devil's not going to go over here and destroy somebody who's already destroyed. Matter of fact, he's going to leave them alone. But he's going after trophies. He wants to get Christians to fall. And he's doing a good job. I hate to give Satan glory, or credit, not glory, but he's doing a good job. Making world leaders fall, making Christians fall. He, he, they're trophies. He puts on his hell mantle when a Christian falls. Because it doesn't matter what we've done. It matters what we do now. The past doesn't matter. Today is what matters. What are we going to do going forward? And so these are family matters, and we've got to get around the table. We've got to get to a place where we're spending more time together as a family. That was a lonely amen over there. Let me come over here. We need to get together as a family and spend more time together as a family. Maybe maybe put our maybe put our phones down and maybe the kids could start kicking a ball around again or picking up a ball and throwing it through a hoop or running around the block or going to a playground or doing something physical like we used to back in the day. Drink through drink some water out of the out of the garden hose. How many here grew up drinking water out of the garden hose? Today they'd tell you you're going to get cancer and it'll kill you. We're still here, aren't we? How many got in the back of a pickup without a seatbelt? All kinds of crazy stuff. I'm telling you, and I've been telling you for a while, it's more serious than it's ever been. The devil is mad. He knows the return of Christ is soon, and so he wants to get trophies. And he wants to keep the gospel from spreading. Someone might say, come on, Pastor, why are you preaching like this? We're, we're seeing revival. We're seeing growth. And we want to keep seeing revival. And we want to keep seeing growth. Because as he said in the beginning of that thing, churches aren't preaching on these things. We've got a lot of people coming to church who are living double lives. They're not living holy lives. They're not living righteous lives. Let me, let me give you some facts this morning that are pretty, pretty uh, and this is just a few. There's obviously many more I could get. And, I, and, I, and whenever I make a statement about something I read I always go to several places I don't ever just make a statement off one thing I see it several places okay that's an average that's, but this, this thing said American families spend just 37 minutes of quality time together a day and I actually think that's probably high 37 quality minutes together as a family a day I would say it's probably closer to 10 quality time you know what that would mean? That would mean sitting in one place with no phones, talking. Like having a conversation and saying a sentence. Amen? You know, if you've talked to people today, a lot of people uh, that are in this generation, and, and I want to just throw this out there too. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I understand this is a tough generation to live in. I, I responded back to those pastors, this is the hardest generation to be a teenager in. It's also the hardest generation to raise a kid in. Because there's so much stuff that's coming against them. So much stuff that there's to control. So much stuff to see. But you can still do it. You just got to put the work in. And you got to say, I'm going to make an effort to, to fight this battle and, and because my family matters. Okay? Listen to this. 37 minutes a day of quality time. Now... One of the things, this isn't the only thing. We're talking about social media. We're talking about all, all the different things. Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and TikTok. And there's a whole bunch of others. There's always something new coming out that's getting our attention. But, you know, this thing has become so, and I, and I preached a whole message on it. And if you didn't hear that message, go back and listen to it. That's the blessing of the podcast about the World Wide Web. I saw some of you when you were raising your hands today that your hands were like this. When you were worshiping. Because that's your hand stuck like this. Because your hand is always holding a phone. I left my phone at home on Thanksgiving, and it was a wonderful day. I was talking to Braden and Carson on the couch, and I didn't have to put my hand down all the time to make sure I had it. Or check and see if someone was calling or, or if something was coming through. Now I know as the pastor I need to be available and I want to be available. But boy, it was a nice day. To just not have that thing attached to me. Because it's become so much part of our life. And we don't realize that we're just being slowly, slowly enticed and seduced into a setup that the devil has for us. Now listen to this. I'm going to hit something that... It may be a a nerve in here. I don't know. I don't know a lot of details, but I'm just going to do it because I'm not called to be your friend. But video games is a big issue. Big issue. Every time these people go kill people at the schools, they find out they're sitting on a video game for six or eight hours a day. Killing people with their hands on a screen so much that they lose reality and it's no big deal to walk out in real life and kill somebody. It's a fact. Anybody watching the news like I do? We just had another shooting in Michigan. And so they're losing their sense of reality because they're playing these video games. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a stat today that's going to floor you because it floored me. And I want you to pay attention real close to this. This is very important. Guess what the average age of gamers is today? 30 Seven years old. The average gamer is not 10 or 12 or 16 or 20. He's 37. And I'm saying he because it's probably mostly men. I don't know that for a fact, but m- women grow up faster. I'm not saying you can't sit down and play a video game and play a football. I'm not, I'm not saying that you, you can't have a life. I'm talking about sitting at a game for hours and hours and hours, and then watch this. I don't know a lot about it, but you can put that headphone on while you're playing. And then I read this, because I don't play video games and I don't know about this, but I read this, that, that these 37-year-old men, on average, are, use major profanity, racial slurs, homosexual talk, sexual talk, all kinds of things going on in these headphones that your kids are listening to. 37-year-old men. Got quiet in here, didn't it? And so here's the crazy thing. I want you to think about this for a second. I want this to go across the board to everything we deal with. with that has to do with social media. Those 37-year-old average-age men... If I were to tell you that this one particular name, Fulano, uh, Mr. So-and-so, his name is this, and he's 37. He's a pedophile, he's a drug addict, and a homosexual, and a murderer. I tell you all that, and then I tell you, that man asked me to ask you if he could come over and hang out with your kid this weekend in his room. Who in their right mind would say, come on over? Mr. Homosexual, pedophile, murderer, drug addict. Are you here? Who would do that? No one. Yet you let them watch it and talk to them every single day on video games. Total strangers. Total strangers. Josh came up to me after the service. He's an officer. Now a marshal. has a different job. I'm going to quote exactly what he told me. Or should I have this in the first service? Social media, I'm reading this straight from his text, has become the catalyst to building false relationships that we have somehow deemed important. As a tool for law enforcement, I have hundreds of friends that I've never met. Yet I know their personal details about them, their friends, their kids, and their families. Think about that. He creates accounts that are not real and has hundreds of friends and watches and law enforcement uses social media to watch for plans and schemes and all these different things. And he has hundreds of people talking to him every day at his job that he doesn't even know that go, oh, friend, 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 friend. And here we are intertwined with all these people. How many can see the danger of that? Serious stuff. And the devil's not playing games. He, he, he has a plan to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So I would advise parents that you get these things right here if your kids have them. I was talking to my daughters about, when, you know, it's been 10 or 15 years since they were teenagers, but talking about when they were teenagers, and by the grace of God, we made Kristen buy her first cell phone. Maybe if they're young, they ought to buy their own stuff. Make them get a job. And have a cell phone. I understand communication. You want to know where they're at and all that. I get that. But this is a dangerous device. And you have to have control of what your kids are watching on this. Oh, it's so quiet in this service. It was a little less quiet in the first service. Hello, I I just want to tell you, remind you, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. I want want our, our church to be strong. I want our families to be strong. But we have to have this conversation. We've got to sit down with our kids, and you need to say, listen, let the past be the past. Say, hey, pastor said, remember on Sunday, use it. Use me all day long. Use, use it. And say, we're going we're gonna to change some things. I didn't realize, but there's some things we need to change. From now on, I'm going to look at your phone every day. I'm going to look at your history. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna ch- to grab your phone whenever I want because you're in my house, and I pay for the, pay for the rent of the mortgage. And I'm going to look at your phone, not because I'm a bad parent, but because I love you and I want you to go to heaven. Can I get a better amen? Amen. How about over there? How many want your kids to go to heaven and be ready for the return of Christ? (laughs) Amen? It's something we got to deal with. It's a real problem. Now, teenagers, just to hit you for a second, if you don't want to take this serious and allow your parents to be in your life and allow your parents to, to try to help you, because a lot of our parents in this place wish, can I get an amen? amen? That they would have had somebody trying to tell them some things when they were teenagers. It would have saved us a whole lot of pain. So we're not doing this to control you. We're doing this to help you. Amen. But I was talking to my father-in-law. He came over right before the service as I was getting ready in the first service. And, and I told him about this guy, Nico. And I, and I told him about the picture and everything. And he said, can you imagine what it's going to be like, what the violence is going to be like when the presence of the Lord no longer is in the church after the rapture? So if you don't want to take it serious, teenagers, you can just stay here and go through the tribulation. Adults, we can just stay here and go through the tribulation. But how many know the Bible says He's coming for a church without spot, without wrinkle? A church who's looking, a church who's holy, a church who's righteous, a church who understands that this is the lamp of my body, and I gotta control it. Can I get a better amen? How do we do this? How do we how do we do this? By God's word. We get back to the basics. We get back into his word. Right before I read one last chapter to close, this thing has all kinds of settings. All kinds of settings. I I can put in there, I don't want to see this kind of thing. I don't want to see this kind of thing. I don't want to see this content. And if I'm looking, the only thing I really look at anymore is Twitter, and I look at it for news but I even have a thing on there that it shows you don't, want, you, you, you don't see this video because you asked not to see this content. Because all it is is violence. There's really nothing to look at. All I see is the tweet, but no, no video. Because those things are being placed there to get you numb. To get you where you, 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 you don't care if someone dies. You don't care if someone gets murdered. The guy drives in and kills all these people in a car. Oh, just another murder. Why? Because we see it all day long. We can control this, we can use it as a, good, as a good thing, but we can control it. I would challenge some of you here today, if you feel convicted at all, or maybe need to make a change, go into your Instagram and Facebook and look at your activity. See how much you were on it last week. This will blow you away. I was looking at a setting this morning or yesterday, and it went to like time spent on the phone. And guess where the time started? Like, you choose how much time you spend on the phone a day, it has, it has that like that clock thing. Guess what mine started on? Five hours. Five hours. Like, I'm only going to be on here five hours tomorrow. Five hours. It wasn't minutes. It was hours. That's where the thing automatically went. Like, oh, that sounds good. Five hours out of 24 on the phone. It's all set up. It's all part of the world wide web, but it's the, li- it's the lion roaring and looking whom he can devour church and we've got to get this social media under control because let me just say this, it's more serious than you think it is. It's more serious than you think it is. It's destroying more lives than you think it is and it may be destroying your kid's life and you don't know it. So you better get in their business, have the conversation with them, and sit them down and fixing things, and teenagers, you might not like me this morning, but you'll like me in a few years, especially if you get to heaven, you'll thank me, because we're not against you, we're for you, and I just said, you guys have it harder than anybody else, even talking to Kristen, when she got her phone at like 14 or 15 or whatever, and she bought it herself with a job, she, she couldn't even get on Facebook and Instagram on her phone, it wasn't on the phone then, Now it's right there. You can get your phone and grab it and go to do something good and right, like call somebody and pop up, boom, something right in front of your face. So you've got to control it. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's end right here. Proverbs chapter 4. How do we do this? We get back into the Word. We read the Word. And listen, I don't say this to make you feel condemned. I say it to convict you. How much time are you spending on social media and how much time are you spending here? How much time are you spending on the video games? And how much time are you spending here? That's why we're illiterate, biblically. We don't know the Bible. We don't know it. Listen, I'm, uh, you want to hit a nerve? I could get everybody to stand up here and come up here this morning and say, how many of you know the Ten Commandments? I see your faces. We don't even know the Ten Commandments. But we know, a lot of st- we know how many followers we have. We know how many likes we had yesterday on the post we just put. It's real. And we wonder sometimes why we're not at peace. Why we're not happy. Why we're not fulfilled because we're looking for our fulfillment from likes. We're looking for our self-esteem to be lifted up by how many people like my picture or how many people follow me instead of being knowing who I am in Christ. And knowing who I am in Jesus. i challenge you go look at your time Leave your phone at home one day, and after you get over the shock that your lungs are still functioning, like once you realize you are still alive and your phone is not with you, you'll be amazed at how nice that day will go. Just, I'm just giving you a challenge. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 4. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. I am your spiritual father. And give attention to no understanding. For I give good doctrine. I'm not saying I give good doctrine. I'm reading this. I do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son. So he's saying I'm passing on what I've learned to my kids. Like Brian mentioned again during the, during the prayer and the offering about Jacob and, and Abraham and how that was passed down. And, and this is what we're trying to pass down to our kids. When I was my father's son tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. He also taught me. And he said, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands. Look at this. Keep my commands and what? Live. So what's the opposite of life? So if we don't keep the commands, we die. Get wisdom. Look at the person next to you and say, get wisdom. But church, we're not talking just about, just about the wisdom of, under, of knowledge or, or science. Or We're talking about nuggets. I've told you this before parents if you want to be successful go talk to some parents in the church and ask them where did you go right and where did you go wrong in raising your kids. What are some of the things that you did that you know was right that really helped your kids turn out right or what are some things that you feel like you did wrong ask people things. I would pick pastors' brains during conferences, and I would look at them and ask them, you know, what did you do? How did you raise your kids? What, what are some of the things you did? And, p- and get wisdom and get understanding on how to raise my kids. Nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Don't forget, don't turn away. Don't forsake her, her, meaning wisdom. Not a person, not a woman. She will preserve you, love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom see what I'm giving you right now is wisdom it may hurt a little bit it may feel like I'm, I'm mad at you or something but I'm not I'm just trying to show you that the devil's intent is Nico Torres not last week's baby dedication and in all you're getting get understanding exalt her wisdom and she will promote you she will bring you honor when you embrace her she will place on your head an ornament of grace. Musicians, you can begin to come, please. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. She Go back to that one again, please. She will, she will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Not shame. Next verse. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of your life will be how Many. Many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Don't let go. Keep her, for she is your what? Life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Those people are just enticing you to follow them. Come do this with us. Come fall like we have. Some people have sold their souls to the devil for fame and power and money. And now they're pulling you into their web. Take firm hold of instruction. Look, avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. You know, a lot of times we need to just go, putting that thing away. It's, it's pulling to... And listen, it doesn't even have to be sinful things. How about time? How about just time alone? I, I'm convicted if I spend more time doing other things than spending time with God if I really love Him. It should convict us. Not in a, not in a bad way, but in a better way. Let's keep reading. For they do not sleep This is the wicked people, unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. Just as you woke up today, and I woke up today, hopefully, and said, Lord, help us be used today. Help us do great things for God today. Help us lead others to Christ. There are people waking up today saying, how can I destroy a marriage? How can I destroy a teen's life? How can I hurt people? Wicked world. You don't think the devil has people? You don't think there's people praying against our church? You don't think there's people praying against your family? You don't think there's people praying on your family? Again, ask Josh if that's for reals. Every day, scheming, ways to find innocent people who are there for an innocent reason, but their plan is not innocent. It's destruction. They don't sleep, go back, they don't sleep unless they have done evil and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. Next verse. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that never ever sorry, that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is darkness. They don't know what will make them stumble. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh keep your heart keep your heart another version says guard your heart with all diligence teenagers God or sorry Satan wants to rob your innocence he wants to he wants to put all this stuff in front of you that you should probably never ever see in your life and you're going to see it at a young age your flesh wants to do wrong, old, older people, adults, parents. Your flesh wants to sin. Your flesh doesn't want to do right. It's a daily battle. And we don't need help to do wrong. We need help to do right. So we've got to fall in love with this thing again. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Remove your feet from evil. Father, we ask You for Your Word to come alive to us today. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour this morning. Looking and watching Right when we think we've, got, we've arrived, right when we think we're strong, right when we think we've got it all together, the devil creeps in. He starts innocently. He does it in a way that doesn't seem like a big deal. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, as your, as your eyes are closing and you're praying with me, listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. The devil just doesn't come up and go boo! I'm here to kill you, and destroy you. He doesn't do that. He comes in like an angel of light. He comes in making it look like it's not a big deal. He comes in simply and innocently enough to woo you to sleep and you begin to compromise. That's the greatest problem. We begin to compromise. We compromise our time. We say, if I miss this service, it's not a big deal. If I don't don't read my Bible, it's not a big deal. If I don't do this, it's not. We just start to compromise. And Before we know it, we don't even know what we're doing anymore. That's the devil's plan. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. Father, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Take your word. Take this warning. Take this spirit of family matters and do what you do now. I've presented what you've told me to present and I know it's from you because of all the opposition I get just to get the message out. The battles, the not sleeping, all these different things because the devil doesn't want me to say this stuff. The devil wants me to be silent but I won't be silent. I'm going to preach your word and I'm going to help people, Lord, get, get to heaven. Because Lord this is a, the Bible says this is a narrow walk. Straight and narrow. Few find it. Lord help us to be disciplined. Help us to hate the things of this world and only love you. We need your help today God. We need your peace, we need your joy, we need your guidance, we need your direction. We need hearts to be rendered unto you, Father. Lord, these teenagers, these younger people, these young adults, adults, all of us, we need our hearts softened to the Word of God. To be able to be corrected, the sign of a disciple is is not only receiving correction, but looking for it, wanting it, wanting to get better, wanting to be stronger, wanting to be in the right path, in the right lane, in the right direction. Help us to love correction today, God. And understand that it comes out of love from you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, and those that are watching today online or you're listening to the podcast, how many in this place could say, Pastor, I'm not saved today. I'm not born again. If I die today, I don't know where I would spend eternity. The Bible tells you you today that if you're not saved you will spend eternity in hell separated from God because the Bible says that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no one goes unto the Father except through him how many in this place this morning could say pastor I need you to pray with me today I'm not saved and I want to be born again just slip your hand up put it right back down all across this place that's me that's me. Maybe you're here and you're, you're saved, but you're cold. You're backslidden. You're lukewarm. You don't even realize it or didn't realize it, but all of a sudden you're realizing, I, I'm not the person I used to be. I'm doing things I used to do again. I've been lured back into a thinking that this is okay or a thinking that that's okay, and, and now you're realizing by the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you've been lured in and seduced by the enemy and today you can you can get right that's the grace of god lord i'm sorry i'm coming back i'm getting right i'm making things right today how many could say that's me today pastor just pray for me all across this place let's stand to our feet please in reverence to the lord Back to the beginning, I'm concerned but I'm hopeful. How many are concerned but hopeful? God can turn it around. God can help us and if we've been lured in or sucked in in any way, cut those ties. Cut those ties. You know what that means for some of you? It means unsubscribing. It means getting it out of your phone if you can't handle it. Jesus said that. He says if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your arm causes you to sin, cut it off. But some of you are so in love with social media, you'll never do that. And you'll just keep going, and you may not even know it. It's like that frog that gets put in warm water, and they slowly begin to boil it. And he never jumps out, because his body acclimates to it. I'm telling you, you, you must listen to the Holy Spirit. If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. If I'm not talking to you, if God's not talking to you, if you have absolutely no problems with social media and you're living, like Brian said, a perfect life, then don't worry. But if, you're, if the Holy Spirit's talking to you, deal with it. Deal with it before it's too late. Amen? God's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of second chances. But don't take this warning that this is serious and just shun it. Oh, that's not for me because it's for me. I want to spend more time here where there's life and there's abundance and there's joy and there's peace. As we open up these altars, let the Holy Spirit deal with you as you deal with Him. Let the Holy Spirit convict you. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you and just come and do business with God this morning. Come and say, Lord, there's some things I know that you're talking to me about that I'm going to deal with and I'm not going to put it off till next week or till next year because this is the month that I'm gonna stay the course. I'm gonna finish this year strong. That's why there's such a quiet spirit here because God is dealing with people. It doesn't always have to be loud, it doesn't always have to be a shout. Sometimes it's quiet, it's listening to his voice, it's realizing, man, God is saving me from something right now. Find a place, talk to God. Humble yourself. Seek his face. Ask for forgiveness. Listen to the Holy Spirit as we sing this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.